one. Welcome to the Cotton Club crew. It is the final week of the college football regular season. It's rivalry week. It's Texas Tech, Texas week. It'll be the last meeting between these two teams for the foreseeable future, perhaps ever, at least on the gridiron. Texas Tech comes into the game on a three-game winning streak. Texas, of course, sitting at 10-1 and with their only loss being against Oklahoma. Texas trying to get their way into the college football playoff conversation with a win here and a win in the Big 12 title game. Tech trying to derail those plans and get themselves into a stronger bowl position. We're going to break down the game, the key matchups, what we think Tech needs to do to get the win, and then we're going to predict this game. It's our last one of the year. We'll have a recap episode, but then we'll be moving beyond football and full-time into the other sports, men and women's basketball. Um, so we're, we're going to have a lot of fun on this episode talking. I'm joined by Joe uh, only. I wish we'd be able to get more of the guys on, but with this being Thanksgiving week, tough to get everybody on. Um, still, though, you know, we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. We're just going to get right into it. Texas is coming off of a fairly narrow victory over Iowa State. They won 26-16. to Two points came on a blocked extra point that they returned to the house. Um, that proved to be a kind of a big moment in that game. Kind of kept Iowa State at arm's length. Overall, the Longhorn offense has frankly been streaky. Quinn Ewers did return for Iowa State, though. Um, it continues to be a little bit underwhelming, I would say. He, I, I think that Quinn Ewers has had some flashy moments, and he's had some moments where he has not been good. Um, and there's pretty much been no in-between. He was decent against Iowa State, but the offense overall really didn't get off the ground. Uh, they had Baxter, who really carried the load on the ground. They've lost Johnson for the year. Joe, let's break down this Texas offense. Let's start with that quarterback position. You, what have you seen from Quinn Ewers? What should Tex expect now that he's back, theoretically, you know, truly to 100%, got a couple of weeks under his belt? Um, what, what do you like about his game? What do you not like? I mean, he's been playing pretty well in the conference. I mean, if you just look by statistics alone, it's not anything that jumps off the page, but it it's good enough to get you Ws, right? You have enough players on your team, playmakers on the outside and in your backfield before Brooks got injured, you had, you have weapons everywhere. So you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to carry your team to a victory. You just have to do enough to get the win. And he has been doing that. I mean, he's has 2,500 passing yards on the season, 16 touchdowns to four interceptions. Uh, but in the conference, he has roughly around 1,700 yards, eight touchdowns, four interception, and his completion percentage is at 75. Those aren't terrible numbers. You know, th those are good enough to get you wins. And he's been doing that. He, he at times, like you said, has shown flashes of greatness. Um, that five-star, that, that everything, you know, the everything that he, he had coming out of high school, you know, everything that he, he was. So he's been doing well. But he, it, like I said, it hasn't been consistently great. He's been good enough to get the job done. Obviously, with stiffer competition, that's whenever you want him to step up. This is a, definitely a, a big game for them. They have all to lose, and we have all to gain. You know, it does. We're we're bowling regardless of what happens. This we could potentially take them out of national championship. Con contenders for the playoff you know so a lot's going to be riding on him obviously with brooks being out with that torn acl that's you know a lot's going to be on baxter true freshman 
running back. Obviously, he's a stud, but a lot's going to be on his plate to kind of carry the load there. Xavier Worthy was dinged up in Iowa State. Don't know. I believe he's going to be playing. We'll touch on the, their backfield and their wide receivers in a second. But, you know, these are things that are all are all going to go into Quinn Ewers having to potentially make some big-time throws to get the Longhorns a win. Quinn Ewers is really throwing to some top-tier talent, too, which does help him quite a bit. Um, Xavier Worthy banged up a bit, actually. The, I, By all accounts, I believe Sarkeesian has said he expects Worthy to play in this game. He did have four receptions for 77 yards before he was hampered in the Iowa State game. Uh, I, I didn't see what the extent of his injury was at the time, but it sounds like whatever it was, I mean, it's just late in the year. Guys are getting banged up a bit. Tech expecting a huge group of players to come back potentially this week as well. Um, but Xavier Worthy is easily college football's most dangerous deep threat receiver, at least one of college football's most dangerous deep threat receivers, an all-around lightning in a bottle kind of guy. Jordan Whitten is another guy that's played really well for them. Adonai Mitchell is a guy that's flashed some really impressive moves, had some really uh, uh, vertical threats. Overall, the Texas team in, in the receiving group is very good at a kind of the the quick strike. I, I I watched enough of them to say that they're not necessarily the world's greatest possession receivers. They are good at it. Don't get me wrong. What I mean by that is like these aren't guys that like you're driving the length of the field with them um, being carried by this, you know, highly efficient passing tech. No, it's more like they're the kind of guys that make a guy miss and they take it to the house. That That's a lot of Quinn Ewers' pass yardage this season comes from somebody getting behind the defense, somebody taking a screen to the house or a little underneath route, making a guy miss and getting it to the house. There's a good receiving court, a great one even, and ex- led by Xavier Worthy. Um, it's going to be a tough challenge for Tech secondary. And look, like I, I've watched enough Quinn Ewers to say that I don't think he's lived up to the billing that he came in with and the amount of money Texas is paying him. Good Lord, no. Um, but he has certainly not disappointed in the sense that he doesn't, At least this year, he had a bit of a problem with this last year. At least this year, he has largely kept himself out of bad positions. Um, The the Oklahoma game stands out as when he really put them behind the eight ball with a lot of mistakes, though I think some of those probably arguably and almost definitely weren't his fault. But, um, you know, he's he's done a good job avoiding some critical errors. He's done a good job letting his playmakers make plays. And when you're talking about a receiving core this good, it's easier for him to work. Um, Texas is an offensive line improved this season they were really really bad last year um especially compared to kind of the billing that you would expect from a texas offensive line this year they're taking a step forward that has certainly helped but brooks has torn his acl the potential dope walker winner the arguably second back in the big 12 behind taj brooks i know that's a homerism opinion there but i think that's true is down baxter is filling in for him the rushing attack for texas is now a one-man band they do not have another substitute put into that position um you know it's a lot like taj and cameron valdez there are other backs for texas who might get some carries but it's going to be like an 85 to 15 percent split max. Baxter was very good against Iowa State, had 117 yards on 20 carries. But he, Brooks is a a special back for Texas, and there is no replacing. And you know when you're trying to talk about Texas's rushing attack, um, it it will make this offense substantially more one dimensional to not have Brooks. Um, you know there 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 just isn't. 
a lot you can do about losing a back that elite. Baxter's a great back, though. Don't think that they won't run the ball. Don't think that we won't see a good amount of rushing. I mean, he had 20 carries against Iowa State. It's a big part of their offense. They'll continue to be a big part of their offense, but expect uh, uh, Tech, which has been so good against the run this season and containing opposing running backs, to expect Texas to game plan accordingly. Um, still, I would bet 20-25 carries for for Baxter and pretty much nobody else touching the ball. Taking down Baxter is a a big test for this defense, forcing Quinn Ewers to rely more on his receiving group. It's a very good group, but you got to make this offense a bit one-dimensional. Um, let's talk about that matchup, though, in the trenches. Let's look at the Texas offensive line. This is a big matchup in this game. You know, this is modern football. If you can't protect your quarterback and keep him upright, give him time to throw the ball, you're going to lose the game. Joe, how, how is Tech going to have to approach attacking this Texas Tech offensive line, um, especially if Jalen Hutchins is more limited in this game it's by numbers you know i believe you could play a whole lot more guys anyway so people are we're probably going to have a whole lot more guys that are at our disposable um on saturday than we have been seeing most of the year i know hutchie hutch is his banged up to what degree it wasn't necessarily said by mcguire but he does expect him to play Obviously, just having him on the field in some kind of capacity is good just for his leadership roles and things like that. But Duda Banks did a hell of a job coming in and, and filling in for him. I mean, he hit he hit um God, just um Plumley's arm whenever Baskerville picked it off, and then he had that block of the extra point there towards the whenever they tied the ball game up. So I mean he did very well. Obviously, this this Texas offensive line is is older and does have some youth there that kind of were thrown into the fire last year, thus having such a pretty bad year. But it looks like all of those guys have taken that foot and step forward to being better. So they're going to have their hands full. I mean, we're going to have to keep them off of the second level, mainly because, you know, if those guys get out in the open, if we don't make tackles, these guys could just turn it upfield and turn it into a huge gain. So a lot of it's going to be in the trenches on, on both sides of the ball, which we'll get into in a second. But I, I do believe the tech defensive line with some of these true freshmen actually getting getting a go in this game because of the the rule with the red shirt, I do think that could help us out. It could hinder us. Who knows what's going to happen? But I think all bets are off as to what we're going to do and what DeRuder's going to do out there. But if if they have a solid game and we're able to let our linebackers run around and make plays and our defensive backs are able to keep some of these big playmakers in front of them and get them to the ground after some catches, I believe we're in this game till the end. Yeah, I, you know, this is a Texas Tech defensive line that frankly didn't really live up to the billing in terms of being able to pressure quarterbacks. Um, they've done a great job controlling um, – you know, the, the ground games of opposing teams, but they have not done a good job actually generating pressure. Quinn Ewers and this receiving group for Texas is too good, really, to be left alone. Um, you know, that, that if you give these guys chances to run in your secondary, they're going to get open, and they're going to get open way downfield. So it's going to be a testament to what can DeRuiter draw up from a blitz perspective to help manufacture some pressure, and it's going to be a testament to individual play. I mean, that's what this boils down to, is a lot of the fighting in the trenches. I think Texas 
Tech has some dogs on that defensive line who just they just got to play a little bit better, a little bit harder. Um, so I I just don't know. Um, I don't know for certain if you know we're going to see a Texas Tech defense that that is just you know balls to the wall aggressive. That's kind of been. DeRuiter's MO or if he's going to adjust in the face of a Texas Tech passing attack that's got a lot of weapons on the back end. But I'd expect you continue to see the -the over-the-top blitzes. You see them early and often. I expect you to see Tech test the limits of their depth. Um, You know, you you mentioned the redshirt rule. It's going to be interesting to see who plays and who doesn't you know who who's going to see their red shirts tested who's going to get in for an extra game um you're going to be running pretty deep here i expect i know a lot of people based the line for what it's worth is 13 and a half um so i know a lot of people are maybe expecting this game to be a bit one-sided but i think that texas tech has an opportunity to really make this a really long fight with how they've been playing football lately it's just a question of of Who's got, who wants it a bit more, who wants it, who can stay in the fight longer. Um, For what it's worth, they cannot play Jacob Rodriguez in this game if they do, in fact, plan to to use his red shirt, which which is always by reports been the case. So you will likely be without your best overall linebacker in this game if they elect not to play Rodriguez. For, for the record, I said this when that it was announced originally that they were planning to play him against UCF and not Texas, that I thought that was bizarre to me, that you would you would burn his red shirt, that, that you would burn his ability to avoid losing the red shirt against UCF as opposed to Texas. Um, I, I think you throw everything you've got at the horn. So if the plan it continues to be Rodriguez red shirting, which I, I haven't seen anything to the contrary to suggest McGuire is going to change that plan, you will not see your best overall defensive player on the back end, which is Jacob Rodriguez. You're going to be playing a very young linebacker group, a, a linebacker group that at times has struggled. Uh, but on the bright side, you are supposed to get back both uh, Taylor Demerson and uh, Owens. Taylor Demerson, of course, McGuire described as being the most quote-unquote game-time decision. So we'll see. It would be a huge deal not to have Rabbit in this game. He's been your best overall member of the secondary. Getting Owens back is huge. He's been quarterbacking the the, uh, the secondary since his position change to the star safety position. So we're going to have to see what Texas Tech is going to do in this game, but it's all going to start up front, and that's that's where this is going to be a win or a loss, is can you force Texas to play one-dimensional offensive football, and can you get pressure on Quinn Ewers to disrupt the pass? Because you're 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 thin, and, and every other position group, you're thin. If you get Hutchins back, your deepest group is the interior of your defensive line and your uh, your edge rush. So you're going to have to hope that that these front three four guys can really do their job against a very good Texas offense uh, offensive line that's played very well, kept Quinn Ewers healthy, um, allowed a lot of rushing yards this year. And, you know, I think that for Tech to win this football game, if Baxter breaks 120 yards, your odds of actually beating Texas are basically zero. Um, if they're able to run with impunity, if viewers is able to stay upright, this could get ugly in a hurry in Austin. Now, Joe, let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. Texas has taken a big step forward defensively. Most noticeably, I, I would say, is the, uh, the the incredible improvement of, from their uh, defensive performance last year to this year. They they just that's a tough defensive unit. Tech is going to be up against probably. I think this is not. I mean, maybe somebody's going to argue with this. This is probably the best defense Texas Tech will play this season. Um, they they've really done a number on pretty much everybody that they played. The only team to really find much success against them was Oklahoma. Um, but even though you needed that, needed some heroics to get that job done. 
Next closest, the only other team to go 30 points on them for what it's worth is Kansas State, who needed overtime to do it. So let, let's, you know, let, let's really give credit to what is the heart and soul of this. Much like Tech has been riding its defense, Texas has really ridden its defense, and they've done it in a variety of ways. But we're going to start. We were just talking about the trenches. Let's keep that theme going. Joe, let's talk about that Texas defense a lot. Generated a lot of pressure this year. What should Tech fans know? What should they be looking out for? They should know three names. Collins, Sweat, and Murphy. A lot, a lot of firepower up front. These guys generate pressure. I believe Sweat's up for one of the national awards for best defensive lineman. I don't know exactly which award that is, but I believe he was just named a semifinalist today. These guys get after it. These guys are big guys. They could take double teams to leave the linebacking group that is solid around the board as well, who could run around and make plays who are fast guys to get downhill quick and making tackles. Um, But this is going to be a tough one because you have Jacoby Jackson most likely starting in that guard position. This is a big ask for him. This is going to be the toughest game that our offensive line sees this year. We are rushing and Taj is rushing pretty much because Cam Valdez and nobody else has really been touching the ball as far as it other than Morton in certain cases. But this is going to be the toughest run defense that we'll face this year. They're averaging, I believe, it's sub 90, 83 rushing yards a game they're giving up. I mean, put that into perspective. I mean, 11 games and they're, and opponents are only averaging about 80, 83, 84 yards per game. That's that's phenomenal. Well, you're going to have to win in the trenches sometimes. Taj is going to have to add to his total of, missed tackles caused if he's going to continue the streak of 100 plus per game it's a tough ask it's a very very tough ask for our offensive line they're going to have their hands full all day but if they do not hold serve it's going to be a long night for us it as bad as it may be because that's just we're not going to be able to give Morton time to throw the ball Taj isn't going to be able to to run so I'd I do expect us to probably have a tight end on the field, you know, as an extra blocker and Taj blocking as well whenever we're in those passing situations. But it, this is this is going to be a test. This is going to show us what we're what where we stand because this is the best of the best. I believe Texas's run defense is the second best in the nation, first best in the in the Big Twelve. So they're going to have their hands full. Spencer, Jacoby Jack, I'm sorry, Spencer's not playing Jackson, Dennis Wilburn, those guys up front, stats, these guys are going to have to hold hold serve because that's going to be where they get a majority of their pressures from the from the inside. So we'll see exactly what happens with these guys, but they, they are going to have their hands full with a very, very solid um, defensive front from the Longhorns. Yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, where Texas has had, I would say, the most success from that defensive line's perspective, besides just being able to impact the ground game, is they have gotten to the quarterback early and often. Um, they really bother quarterbacks. So, look, Baron Morton's a fairly mobile guy, but Texas Tech has not, frankly, just not been very good at protecting him um, a lot this year. You know, it, I, I there have been games where you've looked better, and there's been games where it's been a little bit better, but you, you cannot – you really cannot make it 
easy on this Texas defensive line. You have to make them work for it. I think that means you got to put throw the ball really, really quick. Um, you're going to talk about a lot of quick slants, a lot of quick curls. I pray we don't keep seeing those boundary screens. Um, it's going to be tough to generate vertical passing attacks against Texas because they are averaging something like three or four sacks a game and against an offensive line like Tex, which is just frankly not very good. You can expect them to be able to get pressure. It is going to be a war in the trenches, though. And really, where this game is going to be won or lost for Tech offensively is can Taj Brooks find ways to find the tiniest of gaps in this Texas Tech defensive line? Because the odds are very good that you're your group just is not going to keep him clean. There's a reason why Taj Brooks leads the nation by a wide margin in yards after contact and your and total broken tackles, yada, yada, yada. It's because you have, you have not blocked well. I mean, that, those stats are, are really, you know, crazy and fun to talk about, but the reason why he has to do it is because, you just aren't blocking that well. So in a game in which there really might not be much real estate to run through, you, how, how much can Taj fight his way forward and get and get extra yardage? Look, I, I think that of anywhere on the field, the number one disadvantage Texas Tech has is your offensive line versus this defensive line unit. I, I think that Texas has some very good talent up and down this roster. There are a lot of position groups where that's going to be a battle. But the one where you have what on paper is the most one-sided is this war in the trenches between the Tech DL or the Tech OL and the Texas DL. Um, look, it, it's going to be a challenge. I think you said it best. They have to get it done. But it, 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 how do you mitigate it? Like I said, you you played to the strengths. I think that this, for one, I think this receiving group is just best at, which is getting open in the middle of the field, quick intermediate routes, um, get the ball to Morton's hands extra fast, uh, probably find ways to slow down the Texas front with draws, maybe some misdirection, just things to keep things moving. What I, what I want to see most of all is an understanding that you cannot treat this defense as just status quo. You know, you cannot try to just go straight at them and expect this this outcome to be different than it has been for everyone else who's tried the same thing. The teams that have had the most success against Texas, by the way, have thrown the ball for the most yardage. Texas has given up a, a pretty, not a lot, but a pretty penny amount of passing yards and games. Teams just haven't been able to get in the end zone because it's very hard to run on this team. And that Texas has a as a plus six turnover differential, which has been huge. Sacks have gotten teams behind the chain. So if you could, you just, you have to do enough game plan wise to accept reality, which is your offensive line probably can't handle this front group that well. So let's scheme around that. Let's take advantage of our strengths. Let's let Taj work. Let's put him in the best situations possible. Let's manufacture some passing yards to back Texas off to give lighter boxes. Because here's the thing. If a defense alignment blows to the offensive line, if he does it the wrong spot, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If he's not where he needs to be to get through the hole, Taj can get by him. So it, it's all about game plan and scheme. And it's going to be a challenge. You know, Kitley is going to be tested just like this offensive line will to handle this front. Now, let's talk about that Texas secondary a bit. I mentioned the turnover differential. We've talked about the sacks, the run defense. But frankly, this is the group that probably is Texas's biggest weakness um, on a good defense. They have surrendered a lot of yards over the over this season. They gave up 323 to Iowa State. Donovan Smith threw for 370. And really where they've struggled more than anything else is the first half of games. So let's talk a bit about this, Joe. On this Texas secondary, how, how would you like to see Tech come after him? How can Tech take best advantage of the slow starts that Texas has had in quite a few games this year? 
Well, a number of things, but you can't you can't do these long dragged out passing plays, you know, where you're throwing to the boundary and you're not even moving the ball forward. You're just throwing the ball 20 yards one way or the other way. You have to get upfield. Now, it just kind of is going to be going with the game flow. If we're able to give Barron some time back there, I see some double moves. I see some different patterns where we have some of our faster guys out in the open field, Miles Price, Dre McCray, guys like that who are, you know, are our, are our burners in a sense in comparison to like an Xavier Worthy that they have on their team, just getting our guys in space and letting them make a play. Potentially, we've been all talking about it all year long and we still haven't really established using our tight ends, but given this defensive front, we don't know exactly what the usage of our tight ends will be this game. But if we are able, like I said, to keep barren upright and time to pass a ball, this is the perfect time to kind of exploit the middle of the defense. We have the tools. Our guys, obviously our tight end group is bigger than any other tight end group in the nation. So our advantage would be there, but if, are we going to hit them with they're there? I also see this being a different game plan for Kitley. We're already bowling. All bets are off. I fully believe our playbook's going to be opened even more so. And by that, I mean potentially trick plays. I do expect Tech to probably go for it a lot, analytics or not. I just I think this is one of those games you can't afford to get behind in. You could go score for score with, but if you get behind in, this is when they that Texas defense really grind or really buckles down and and slows you down, and then that's whenever this thing starts turning in into a beatdown, and we can't have that. So we're going to have to win the time of possession game. We're going to have to win early in the downs. We're going to have to get our wide receivers some op- out in the open to make some plays. But it, it's it's all going to be on how our offensive line gives Barron time, and that's in protection for Taj or whenever we're doing our run block plays. You know, these are the this is where the game is going to be won. But I think quick slants are going to help you out a whole lot, loosen up that defense, and maybe, maybe just maybe, um, we're able to go vertical on this Texas secondary. Yeah, I think this is the kind of game you really can't afford to get behind for multiple reasons. But one of the ones we haven't touched on yet is just that, look, Tech has faced a lot of adversity this year, but you cannot start slow against a team like Texas and expect to be able to hang around. Where teams have gotten Texas in the most trouble is the the early, early surges. Kansas State, I think, is probably the only example, and really Oklahoma, the only two examples of teams that have really been able to come back and get up on the horns when they've been pushed um, or, or had, a, had a rough patch that allowed Texas to get out ahead. But for Tech, I mean, I just don't think how we have to win football games right now. You are at all fitted to do it, all at all suited to do it. But the other side of this is in a major rivalry game, it's going to be cold. It's going to be a cold night in Austin, probably like 40 degrees in a major rivalry game of all this tension, all this hype. If you go into that stadium and you get knocked around like UCF did to you last weekend um, in the in the first quarter, you will not get off the mat. 
it, it's just too hard to get back into games like this. It the, Once the momentum is sucked out of you, it just, it, you can't get it back in a game like this. You know, there there's wanting to battle through adversity. There's wanting to, you know, oh, we just started to slow. But in this game, in that atmosphere, there will be no coming back from a slow start unless Texas implodes like they did against Kansas State. And I don't imagine we'll be fortunate enough to see Texas just completely melt down twice this year. I mean, give up some sort of ferocious comeback. You have got to come out fast. The number one thing I can say for Tech to do against a good Texas defense is come out with a good game plan, well prepared for the obstacles you face, and play your ball from the start. Play not play. You don't have to be perfect, but just don't do stupid shit. I have said it over and over and over and over and over again this year. Win these games in the margins. Against a team as good as Texas, you have to win the games in the margins. You have to protect the football. You have to block. No procedural penalties. You can't hold every snap. You have to get the ball out of your hand. You have to be decisive with reads. You have to open up enough of the hole for Taj. You have to use creative formations. Use motion. Use the route trees that are going to work best. Do all of the little things right, and you can stick around despite how good Texas is and how good this defensive front is. If you do stupid stuff, if the offensive lines can't handle the snap count, jumping off sides, center snap the ball into the dirt, Morton isn't decisive, putting the ball in harm's way, there's nowhere for Taj to go. Texas can run rule you, so you have to come out from the start ready to play a a 12-round knockout dragout fight. And the, the team is capable of that. They just haven't really done it that often this year it's been a lot of three out of four quarters nonsense that for tech and against ucf the worst case scenario for tech is to repeat what they did in that game which is just not show up for the first quarter because that's how you get beat like by 70 points texas will run rule you if you do not show up right from the gate there's a lot of hype a lot of energy i'd like to believe the staff has the players geared up and ready to go but then again i would have liked to believe we were ready to play ucf and we did not look ready to play ucf we looked like nobody wanted to be there on senior night and it took a bit to get woken up so you have got to come out and play fast and play well and that's the best the best medicine for a good defense is to play your best from the start and try to wear them down if you come out and you slip punch go punch for punch with this texas defense you can start getting more vertical shots there will be more running lanes for taj the morton will have more time if you let this defense get momentum if you let this defense start playing fast and getting you on your heels early, they're not going to let you back off the turf. And it's going to be really, really tough to stay in this ball game. So my my big thing for this team against the Texas defense is just play your game from the start as well as you can. You know, maybe look, it's that's the thing about football, and it's the same thing every week. Maybe you can't beat certain teams. Maybe they're just better than you. But I truly believe Oregon is better than Texas, and you should have won that damn game. So you are more than capable of beating the Texas Longhorns in this one. But it starts it starts with your offensive line, it starts with the game plan, and it starts with the start. Just come out and play fast. Now, we're going to kind of get into our, our predictions a bit, but I'm going to do it a little differently. Normally, I just ask for scores, but I want to talk about, first and foremost, Joe, what would a win mean for this Texas Tech program? Why is it so critical that Tech gets this done? They're already bowl eligible. What, what, what's really to play for here for Texas Tech to get the win? I have actually mixed feelings about this, to be completely honest. Because you go into Austin and you come out with a, a win. How are you going to look at the rest of your season as a big, this is what a big, what if, you know, what if we just took care of business in some of these other games, you know, at 
Wyoming, at West Virginia, against Oregon at home, against Kansas State. You know, these are games that you are all in the game to a degree at certain points of the game. And it's going to sting a little bit. A good sting, as, as you know, you're making it worse for Texas, ultimately, and their bigger hopes of, you know, going into the college football playoff. But it's going to sting just knowing that, you know, a big what if, you know, what if we had just done the things that we're doing right now, correct? Where would this football team be? And that and that's kind of why it has me conflicted. Yeah, we don't really have nothing to lose because we are bowling. You know, you just want to have a better bowl than the Independence Bowl. No disrespect to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, but I'm just saying, you know, it's one of those things you want to have. You want to get into a better bowl and then, you know, just something to look forward into starting the following year. So I think that a win is great. Like I said, I'm conflicted on it. A loss, you know, it's almost to be expected just by given how good Texas has been. But just depending on which tech team shows up, I mean, Joey McGuire's November football teams with Texas Tech have lost once, and that was against TCU in a dogfight in in Fort Worth last year. Could it be more of the same? This be our his second loss in November, or is he going to keep his own personal win streak going? Because he lost the very first game in November last year, and then since last year, and then going into this year, he's he's undefeated in November. So I'm ready for the game. I'm ready for what can potentially happen. I would love to spoil Texas's hopes of getting to the college football playoff. And just one one more thing we have over their head as they exit the Big 12. From, from a season perspective, this win matters because seven wins is just better than six. It is objectively better to finish the season with a winning record than it is to finish it with a 500 record or potentially a losing record if you drop that bowl game. So that it, it and how much better, like a good deal better. There are really, really good seven and five, eight and five football teams after bowl season that, you know, struggled or found their stride late, whatever. But there aren't that many good, like six and six, seven and six football teams. There are some teams that are a little bit better than bad, but there aren't that many good ones. And it doesn't really boost your momentum as much as you would like to finish just at six and six, especially considering how many one score games you had. The questions about like what happens if you play BYU with Morton? What happens if Morton had been able to stay in the Kansas State game? What happens if Shuck doesn't get hurt? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, like everything that Tech went through this year it would feel really, really good after it all to say you got to seven and five despite just a mountain of crap to fight through. Um, that's just from a season perspective, though. I'm a, I'm a big believer that bowl eligibility isn't enough for this program anymore, but there is something to be said that you have to first get to the point that you're on a true bowl streak, and it's a guarantee. Like, every year you come in knowing we're winning at least six games, like what Oklahoma does and some of those great programs do like them. Um and this is your third consecutive bowl, so you're on a bowl streak now, and you can start turning the corner. But looking beyond that, what does it mean to beat Texas this year? Texas is on the doorstep of having its greatest season since Mac Brown left. I mean, they, it's not even a question that this is the best season to date since Mac Brown left. But 
they could do something truly cr- incredible for any program, which is get a Big 12 title, get a conference championship appearance, get the championship under your belt, go to the playoff. That is a very, very real possibility if they win out. I'm not saying they're for sure getting the playoff spot as a one last team, but it is a good possibility to be able to derail that in the middle of this season for Texas after everything tech has gone through after all of the, the, the false starts, all of the dumb shit that's happened, the bad football, just so many tough losses. It would be more satisfactory than almost anything else, no matter who you were playing to derail somebody's season like this is, there is a reason why like two and eight programs and three and four, three and uh, seven. And, you know, all these, the programs that aren't going bowling still take their best shot at teams in this position, because there, it is immensely satisfying to get these wins and to do it over your rival who I, I truly believe these two schools are never going to play each other again in football. I don't think Texas is, is ever going to play tech again. They're too fucking arrogant, too scared of what they would lose, and just overall just too much a big bag of dicks in Austin. We're not going to play them again in football. We'll see them in basketball. We'll likely see them in baseball. We're, we're, we're not going to see them in football again. And so to do it on the way out the door and to do it in, with two consecutive wins, both in Lubbock and then in Austin, the immense, I mean, the bragging rights, right? Because I don't care what happened 20 years ago. I don't care what happened five years ago. What I care happens is in the last couple of years, what were you doing? And really, what did you do in the last time you played? That's what matters more than anything else to me. And to get two wins over Texas on their way out the door would be an incredible moment for this program and could really change the dynamic in this state. Um, because the, the Texas has been largely untouchable to the in-state schools. That's just reality. What's, what's not pretend otherwise they have a winning record against everybody in the state. And it's most of the records are pretty freaking one-sided. So it's, it's, it's something to say that here at the end is Texas about to make this leap to go get their big fat payday. Cause they got tired of losing to Kansas and TCU that they, they step out the door knowing that Texas tech has surpassed them as a football program and is able to consistently beat them. Uh, it, it would be a substantial moment for Texas football in general. It would be a substantial moment for Texas tech. It, it just would be a big deal. Is it going to happen? That's our next question. Um, Joe, We've talked a lot about it. Texas very, very good defensively. They've got a good receiving group, but they're a lot more vulnerable offensively. You got to call your shot now. It's it's a late night Black Friday game, the last meeting of this rivalry potentially ever. Texas Tech coming off the three game streak has not lost since the rally possum appeared. Will they keep their winning ways going, or will the win streak end in Austin with Texas having a shot at the playoff at the end of the day? Heart versus brain, heart versus brain. Logically thinking, I think Texas will come out. But just based on what we've done in November, what we've been able to accomplish in the last three games, yet it has not been pretty all three of those games, but we still found ways to win the football game. I'm going Texas Tech 30, Longhorns 27. And I'm calling Gino with a game-winning field goal to end the game. That's my prediction for the game. I know that could be far-fetched and it could be a beatdown. You know, on we may be getting beat or we may get the beatdown if we don't handle certain aspects of the game. 
My big key to this game, though, and this is where I came to this, Texas's defense is only allowing 26% conversion rate on third down. So Tech's going to have to do a lot of work in first and second down and get into that third down and start getting conversions. Once they start getting some of those conversions, I believe that we're going to start wearing down this defense a little bit more and more each time we successfully get a third down conversion. By the end of the game, this is whenever, you know, every the tide turns and the game will be close enough. Now, is all of that going to happen? Who knows? But this is what I'm going with. This is what my heart's telling me. Texas Tech going into Austin for the last time for football. Tech coming out of Daryl K Stadium with a 30 to 27 victory to ruin every hope and dream of Texas is back in the college football playoff or towards the national championship. I I think that when I look at this game, I really want to tell you that, you know, I, I can look at all the stats and look at everything and see, you know, hey, like Tech has a clear path to victory doing this, that, or the other. The reality is, is that Texas is the most talented team in the Big 12, and there is a reason why they are where they are. They're, they're, it just, we can't ignore what is on paper a very one-sided matchup. But the flip side of things is, I, I said this earlier, but I think Oregon is probably one of the three or four best teams in the country, and you should have beaten them. You should have beaten them. You frankly outplayed them in that football game. And if it wasn't for the endless number of turnovers from Shuck and bizarre decision-making from Kitley, you would have won that game. So I don't think that there's anybody in this country that you can't hang with, and there isn't anybody in this country you can't beat on your best day. I think Tech can win this game, and I think they will win this game because I think Tech just has more to prove here. I think that what will set this one apart for Tech is that Joey McGuire is a better football coach than Sarkeesian. He beat him last year. We beat Texas last year with a worse team than I think this year's, and you did it because Joey McGuire outcoached Sark. That that's heads up what happened. He outcoached him. You beat him in the margins. You outplayed him. It was a culture win. It was a win for the better for the better coach football team. And I think that Joey McGuire is still the better coach than Sarkeesian. I think Tech wants this one substantially more. I think they're playing for just in, in a, a fan base that is desperate for this win. Um, and I actually like that this game isn't in Lubbock because I think if it was in Lubbock, there would just be I think you'd have a really bad habit of playing tight at home. You know, there have been several games this year. I felt like at home tech has played very tight in moments going on the road. They haven't played particularly great, but there's been a sense that they've started a bit faster in a lot of road games. I'm so big on you need to start fast in this game. So I'm going to take tech in this one. Look, is it likely I couldn't tell you, but I think if they're, is any magic in this season, it'll happen in this game. It'll happen in a night game. It'll happen with Texas trying to make it to the college football playoff. So I'm going to take the Red Raiders, and I'm going to take this game 31-24 in a very tight contest decided by a late touchdown and a big defensive stop. And hope to be right. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in Austin for this football game. It'll be a lot of fun to get to watch. Um, going to be a cold one for those of you who are going. Pack accordingly. Bring some blankets. Bring some extra jackets. It's going to be like 40-something degrees. Maybe some wind as well that could cool it off. Hell, it may even be raining. 
Um, I don't know what the current forecast calls for, but it's going to be cold. So just be ready for it. All right, guys, that brings us to our the close of our last preview episode of the year for the regular season. We're going to be talking after the game. Go ahead and give a listen to Kendall's Battle for Atlantis uh, a preview. If you're wanting to listen to the basketball content, we'll be bringing you a lot more basketball content now the football season is really basically at its end and basketball is really heating up. As always, guys, like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is on whatever major podcasting platform. Thank you guys for listening to all of our previews and episodes this year. We really appreciate it. Rackham, now let's go beat Texas.